In biblical times, the leaders and merchants would meet at the city gate to discuss the important matters facing their city. And so welcome to The Gate with Pastor Eric Kluth, where the focus is on the people, events, and issues facing our local communities. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of The Gate. I'm your host, Pastor Eric, and today I'm joined by Peter Encinas with Firefall Ministries. Peter, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on the show, you guys. Yeah, it's a it's a definitely a pleasure for us because you're new to the Central Arizona area, correct? Yes, I've been in uh, Castle Grand since October, so going on three months. October. So, what brought Firefall Ministries to Casa Grande? Uh, in 2019, I had a vision. The Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and said I would go to Casa Grande and own a rock crushing plant, a, a concrete recycling dump, and I would uh, build His kingdom on this land. That's why I'm out here. But I, I had that vision in 2019. I did what most people do with it. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing for over a year. Until I, uh, we had a pastor. Uh, I'm at a Bethel. I'm at a Chandler Bethel. Bethel Chandler. That's where I go to church. And we had a pastor visit us from, uh, from Texas. And he told the story of Gideon. And how the, the three, army of 300 defeated the, the whole opposing army. By being obedient to the Lord. So I came out of that service that Sunday and said, Dude, the Lord told you to do something. He told you this amazing prophecy that you're going to own this rock-crushing plant and let it on Castle Grand build this kingdom, and you've done nothing with it. And it had been over a year already. So that's what prompted me to reach out to a brother from church and said, hey, man, let's, let's start looking. And we aimlessly came. We didn't know what we were looking for. And just real quick, a rock-crushing plant is a simple uh, piece of land where people come and drop off concrete, asphalt, and dirt. And you crush it, you recycle it, you sell it back to the public as ABC you know, the dirt, whatever. And, and so it's a pretty lucrative business. About two to three million a year is what it makes. And so, and I, I'm a concrete guy, concrete contractor and paver contractor. So kind of in, is in line with what I do, but it's such a large operation that I, it had to be God. Cause I, to think of, I want to own, I'm going to own a rock crushing plant. is not a simple thing. You don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to own a rock crushing plant. So with that, with that vision and finally, you know, the, the story of Gideon being obedient, I hopped in a truck, my truck with a, a brother from church and we just started looking. And I was looking for, for 10 acres because the one there's a rock Christian plant in Chandler at seven. I said, I'm gonna go a little bigger. And as we were looking, the Lord kept saying, go bigger, go bigger, go bigger. I, mean, I tell him, they, um, my brother uh, Hector is like, hey, the Lord keeps telling me to go bigger, go bigger. He's like, how big? I don't know. So he's on his laptop, I'm driving. He's like, make a left here, make a right here, make a left here, make a right here. And we ended up on Evans Road. Hmm. He says, there's a 54 acre plot right here. And as we were pulling down Evans Road, my, my right arm started shaking dramatically. I was like, dude, something's weird here. And we stopped at that land. And I got out and I said, this is the land. This is the land that God said we're supposed to build his kingdom on. And so the you know, story goes, we, we started uh, looking to price and cost and stuff like that. And me uh, uh, reaching out to the owners and made a deal. Um, one real quick thing is that this land... Yeah. It's completely flat. Mm-hmm. We looked at two other plots later in that day out in uh, Coolidge and, and one in Sacatone that were larger, but they had trees and you know the desert life on them. I said, it would cost me $100,000 just to flatten this thing out to build anything. Mm-hmm. So the, the, flat, the land was flat. We reached out. We made some, uh, some calls. We made them an offer. They declined. And then, um, well, November came along with the, with the, with the election, and I guess here in Arizona, this, uh, that the law passed to make marijuana legal, and these folks who own this land, 
thought that their land would be worth more money to put a dispensary on it, so they upped the price, which made my faith go down. I'm like, Lord, this we're talking about. I'm, I'm struggling trying to buy this thing, and they just upped the price on me. And uh, so uh, August of last year, so we're now we're in 2020, and the whole pandemic's going on. Things are changing, modifying, there's stuff going on. And so the Lord said, hey, man, I need you to shut down your business. What? I need you to shut down your business. You need to close down your business. And I'm, I'm a single father. I have a three-year-old son. Um, his mom's not in our life, so I have full custody of him. And that's all, my, that's all I have is, is my business to support us. And he said, shut it down. So I did what most people do and fought him on it, you know. Mm. Uh, I finally, in August, I shut it down. And then uh, and, and I got really bored and whatnot. And so I started back up in September. And then we, did, we played that game. I played that game with the Lord until um, December. He literally he spoke to me very, very openly. He said, listen, if you're not going to do what I'm asking you, I'll find somebody else to serve me. And it, it, that hurt. It really hurt to hear something like that from the Lord. I'll find somebody else to serve me. He didn't, he didn't reprimand me. He didn't yell at me. So I'll find somebody else to do my work. But, but, but I want to do your work, Lord. I, mm. I love you. And so I did. January 1st, I shut down my construction company. And uh, I continue to live normal. I take my son to the babysitter as if I was working. And I would just pray all day. Pray, pray, pray. Um, and what do, you, what do you do when you have nothing to do? I would go to church every day. My church, uh, Bethel Chandler, has something called Hour of Power. We pray for an hour on stage the pastors. You know, very few people come, maybe five or ten people. And they had a second, something called the Second Hour which is for the war room. So I would do those Monday through Friday. So from 12 to 2, you'd find me at church, praying, praying, praying. And so there was a, a group of us, four, like I said, five to ten people, and there was a woman there that I'd seen a couple times. Well, um, one time they said, hey, can you guys go for the second hour to the nursery because um, we're going to practice service. So it was me and this woman in, in the nursery. And I didn't know the woman very well. i just seen her. There, so I say, hey, sister, it's a little awkward that we're in this room. We don't have to talk. Let's just, just seek the Spirit. So we did, and then finally she said, hey, what's, what's the Lord doing in your life? And I gave her this whole elaborate story. This and this and this and da 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 And she goes, oh, I've, I've had some visions of, you know, um, having, you know, her, uh, what was going on in her life. And they kind of were going together in a weird sense, like, oh. So we exchanged numbers, went about our ways. I didn't hear from her for a couple of months. And she reached out to me on Facebook said that she had my number wrong, but she'd been trying to get a hold of me. Wanted me to come to her house and meet her husband. So I did. I did that with her. And I uh, went to told my husband, Don. Tell him the story you told me. Okay. Lord did this, this, and this. I didn't do anything about it. Gideon, the story, like I'm telling you folks. And he was, where's the land? I said, it's Castle Ground. You found it? Yeah, I got it already. I'm trying to, you know, I, I go over here. I'm going to just... I'm going to go back real quick to a story. When I found the land in 2019, when I found it, uh, I'm sorry, 2020, I went to my church and I was so excited. I told my pastors they were having a meeting there, the staff meeting. I went and said, oh, I found this land, you guys, because I'd been talking about this, this prophecy. So my pastors, Pastor Mike, Pastor Julie Gowans, they said, you got to read this book, Petey, called The Circle Maker. It talks about circling your dreams. It's biblical stuff in there. I said, all right, cool. So I read it, and that's about, like, if you want to have a coffee shop and you find an empty building, you, you go circle it every night. Go pray around it, you know. Make the dream come true. Put the Holy Spirit in that building. Like, make it come to life with Jesus. So when I read that book, 
I came out, this is where, you know, I finally, when I started thinking back on the story for the concert, all these memories came back. I, I, I forgot this, that every night for approximately two months, every single day, no matter how tired I was, I would drive to Castle Grand. I'd go to one corner of this land, roll down my windows, start playing worship music, and I would circle the entire land. Screaming and yelling, this, is, this land is God's land. This land is the name of Jesus. This is where we'll build this God, God's kingdom on this land. I would circle it. And I think the neighbors probably thought I was crazy because they would see there's that guy again. And I, got, I took it so far as I would bring spray paint with me, you know, the ones I you know, spray paint for my construction jobs. And I would write on the land, this land belongs to God. And I would pray over it. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. This is where I'll build the kingdom. I was, I was taking ownership of that land. And I started remembering the story of the, the guys um, who walked seven times around uh, Jericho. Mm-hmm. I said, you have to do it, Petey. You, you got you to gotta take the land. You have to take the land. So I'd come out here for two months. I would drive around it, and I would, I'd get off. When I would get ready to leave, I'd get the dirt. I'd throw it in the air like LeBron James in the basketball court. I would just, in the name of Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and I actually took a water bottle full of the dirt from that land. I took home with me. I'd pray over it. I would pray over it. So... I put that work in, should we say. I put those seeds in the ground for this situation. So back to uh, the story, you know, fast forward a little bit back to where I was at, meeting the husband. And so he said, you found the land? I said, yeah. I, and he goes, you know, what's your plan? I said, well, I have a, I'm working for a guy because I, I started working for, for a company in, in April. Um, another Christian man, because the Lord said, go, go back to work. I guess he just wanted, I, and I asked my pastor because I let everything go and I, I really went broke. You know, all this money going out in bills and nothing coming in. By March, I was, I was going to start living on credit cards in April. And I went to my pastor, kind of bummed out. And I never raised my fist at the Lord. Why would you do this to me? I, I said, Pastor Mike, what, what's going on? God told me to shut down my business and I'm broke. I'm living on credit cards. And he's like, and he was, he, I love Pastor Mike, great man. He's like, champ, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Maybe he just wanted to see if you were truly obedient, hmm. if you would sacrifice everything for him. I was like, what do I do now? He's like, go find a job. You're a strong man. You're still healthy. Go find a job. And so I found a job in April. I'm talking to these, these people about the land. And they go, what's your plan? I said, the owner of the company is a very wealthy man. I said, and we've got a great relationship. Maybe I'll ask him to buy the land for me and release it back to me. And that's, that's kind of what I got. Mm. So the wife says, hey, man, we'll help you out. We'll give you $100,000. And I never went there asking for money. I just was telling him a story. I said, well, sure, I'll, I'll take your $100,000. Why not? And the husband's like, well, you know what? You know, I think we really, I think we really can help you with half. We'll, we'll talk, but I think we can give you 225000 because the price for the land was three, four, uh, four fifty. A week, week went by, maybe a little over a week, and they called me. Hey, we got to come back. We, come back to our house. We got to talk to you. Came back. We sought the Lord, and the Lord says that you're the guy we're supposed to help. So we're obedient to God. What do we need to do? I said, buy the land. Okay. Mm-hmm. Put an agent up from our church, Atif. He, he struck the deal. They made an offer. It was declined. They prayed about it. And what they did was they came. To, they both prayed to the Holy Spirit, and they both called each other with the same number, 325. They offered the people 325 cash. And it was done deal. Spoke. They accepted. Mm-hmm. These, this family, uh, Don and Cindy, they wrote them a check and they paid for the cash. You know, I didn't know, I don't know the wealth that they had. I don't, I don't know the wealth that they, they have, but they wrote a check. I said, there, there's the land. What else do you need? 
And as, as the story unfolds, I need a fifth wheel. Okay, here's a check for that. I need this. I need this. I need a, an off-road vehicle to get around the lands. You know, here, they've provided everything. And at this point, they even said, well, what are you going to do about your bills? You, you still have bills. I have credit card bills and stuff that I've, you know, racked up over time. How are you going to you know, do that? I said, I don't know. We'll figure it out, you know, once we open this, this, this business on the land. So they even went as far as just providing the income for me. Said, Give us your bills. We're going to take care of you because the Lord said we're supposed to take care of you. And that's what we're going to do. So I'm taken care of. So the Lord has provided. I mean, if we want to look from the eyes of God, yeah. he said, go forth, my son. I will provide. Yeah. I will provide. And that's where we're at, you know, on yeah. the land. And he's provided. That's a that's a that's an amazing testimony. Probably some people that are listening are probably thinking, wow, that is like really extreme. You know, it's like, wow, that's a huge God move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that I want to encourage people just to say that, you know, our God is still in the, in the power move yes. business, you know, and that, you know, it's just... To seeking his face and to seeking his will, uh, and and to be obedient. You know, as I hear the story, and I've I've heard the story because I I don't live too far from the land that is uh, that has been given to Peter here, and uh, I have to say, if anybody's familiar with the location on Evans Road, uh, it's known in the Castle Grand area as the Lake in the Desert, which means it floods a lot. Yes. You know, and so like when, when I heard uh, this testimony, I was like, well, doesn't he know that there's a flood zone? Because <laughs> I've been there for uh, in that area for over a year now, and I've seen some crazy, crazy amount of water. But as you hear the the uh, vision that uh, that God has given to this ministry is that, you know, with the rock crushing, it'll build up the land. And that's exactly what's going to be needed to get it done. So just to see these small different details in in the story, you can definitely see uh, God working in this uh, because like it's it's probably been the question and and most of the uh, people's minds who have who have heard this or are familiar with the area is like, well, that's a flood zone. And but just to hear automatically that your heart was to do. Uh, that to do a rock crushing company is like, wow, that is amazing to see. Well, that would solve that issue, you know? And so definitely very encouraged, but I just, I think more, more so is the encouragement of that God hears our prayers, number one, and that God is still moving mightily because he wants people to know him. Uh, and to have a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. And so, you know, Peter, if you can tell, you know, now kind of like, okay, we got the background, you got the land. Now it's like, you're going to do the rock crushing company, you know, and and have people bring in this dirt to build up the land. Now you have to share, like, where is God going with this land? So with the rock crushing plant, when the, when the, when the agent, you know, we got the agent involved, he said, I got some bad news. I said, what's up? He goes, well, the, the land was in a deal with a builder, and they, they backed out. I go, yeah, it's good news. I don't know what the bad news. He's like, Pete, I got to let you know something. I go, what? He's like, it's a, it's a flood zone. Mm-hmm. What? It's a flood zone, man. It's, it's literally a lake. It's a lake in the desert. It's a flood zone. I started laughing. He's like, why are you laughing? I go, bro, I'm opening a rock crushing plant. He goes, what, what is that? I go, I'm going to charge people to bring me dirt, <laughs> the dirt I need on this land. You could, I could literally... Feel God clapping. You put, you finally put it together, son. You put it together. Not only did I tell you to open a rock crushing plant, I put you on a land that needs the dirt. So definitely, like, you hit it right on the head right there when you said like, it's low and, and it's floods, but God said, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I'm going to make a half a million dollars 
of, of, of charging people for the stuff I need. The, the Lord, you know, we need that dirt. We need that, that crushed concrete. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, that's a great thing. But um, your question is for the vision mm-hmm. going forward. So I've asked the Lord many times, what's the vision here? What's, what are we doing? What's the vision? What's the vision? And, and he said to me, if I unfolded this plan before your eyes, you would run. Mm-hmm. I'm a builder. So I can look at blueprints. That's what gets me going. Oh, this goes here. This goes here. And he said, if I showed you what's going to happen here, you would run because it's so much. It's going to be so, so amazing that you, would, you, know, you wouldn't be able to handle it. For, for, me, for, my, for me as a person, like, you know. And so he said, I'm going to give you bits and pieces mm. just to keep you going. A little pieces of the puzzles until it's all complete. So what I know I would have so far is obviously the... Uh, the, the, the concrete recycling dump there, that's going to be made on the land. He told me that I'm going to take 10 acres for that to build the rock crushing plant, which will produce the money that will produce the land, mm-hmm. that money. He told me to build an amazing park for the community. And he, usually, he used the word oasis. I want this park to be an oasis. So I have to figure out what that is. You know, the trees and plants, like a garden instead of basketball court. I want this to be alive. I want the community, the kids to come here. It's his land. I mean, come on, it's his land. He, he loves his children. Mm-hmm. So he told me, you know, spare no expense on this park. All right, cool. In my mind, I made up a number like 200000 but who knows. So you got a park right there. Um, there is an actual lake in the desert that's a real deeper part of the area, and a quarter of that lake is on our land there on on, on uh the land we purchased, we've actually named it, by the way, which is another story, but I'll just give it to you. We named it Sychar. Um, Sychar is the, the city where when Jesus went to the well to meet the Samaritan woman mm-hmm. and told her all the secrets that, he, that she had, she went back to her city, and it was called Sychar, and there was a huge revival there. So the land, we've named the 54 acres Sychar, the promised land. So we have the park, um, 10 acres for the rock crushing plant, we also have, he said, 10 acres for residential living. And he wants me to build 16 two-bedroom apartments for college-age students that are going to serve that community. They can live there, go to school, college, and whatever, and serve the community. He said to take two acres of that land and put tiny homes on those two acres and make a small mini-community to rescue women from abuse and sex trafficking. He said, protect these women, is what he told me. They need to minister to themselves. They've been through terrible things. Help them. Mm-hmm. So there's two acres for that. And then uh, he said, build some homes for, for those who serve the community, myself. And I was cracking a joke. I said this at the concert. There's 54 acres here. 54 acres the Lord has delivered into our hands. And guess how many I get to have? He told me I get to have one <laughs> for myself. And I'm happy. Thank you, Jesus. He said, have one acre for yourself, Pete. Build your house. That's where you'll have your wife, your children, everything. So the other few acres will be 10 for, for residential living. And then uh, he kind of went wide on the outside. He said, build a worship building mm-hmm. and near the lake. We're going to baptize people in that lake. We're going to put water in the lake. It's dry now. Fish. Again, he said, have the community come fish. Stock it with fish. I want the neighbors to come here and be on this land. You know, community. I love relationship. And that's what I want here. So build a worship building with a parking lot. Um, he also said um, about building a storage facility where we can rent storage units. And I was like, okay, that kind of seems a little on the off side of it. And what he's kind of telling me is, I want businesses on here 
that are going to continue to support the land. Um, the, the worship building is not going to be a church. We're not calling this a church. It's Firefall Ministries. Because what, 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 what our heart is that the body of Christ is separating itself with labels. You know, I was raised Catholic, and I left the, the Catholic religion, so my family doesn't talk to me because of that. But we're labeling ourselves, and we're separating each other. You're, you're, Christ, you're Baptist. You're Southern Baptist. You're non-dimensional. You're this. You're that. Hey, we're the body of Christ. And so the Lord said, don't. Don't name this. It's, it's a worship building to worship me. It's Firefall Ministries. We're gonna, we want everybody there. Just do you believe in Jesus as he saved you? He's your Lord and Savior. Come here. Be with us. And so mm-hmm. the Lord wants me to, to the, he wants the land to self-rely on itself. You know, we'll take a tithe from somebody. If you want, hey, man, you know, here's some money. Cool. We'll plant a tree. We'll, we'll fix the road. Whatever. We'll take your money if you want to give to the Lord. It's going to be used on the land. It's not going anywhere. But he wants it to be self-sufficient, mm. to raise itself with, with the money it's producing to itself. So that's why I think he said to build a, a storage and boat facility along with uh, storage rental units. And then um, this is kind of on my heart. So I'm not saying the Lord said it really, but uh, he said build a diner, a diner or a cafe on there, and then a drive through coffee shop. That's pretty much all I've heard, and I pretty much would think that's enough for that land and enough for me to to build all these things because I'm a concrete guy, so I'll be doing all the concrete and yeah. block walls. You know, I'll be doing all that and enough. You know, and so that's kind of what the Lord has put on my heart there uh, to do on that land. Yeah. So as you started that whole vision, uh, explaining that, uh, and you're like, it's it's just like it's almost too big that I wouldn't even believe, right? And so instantly, Habakkuk chapter one comes into my mind when. The prophet Habakkuk was calling out to God after the children of Israel were, it was like a really rough time and he's crying out, how much longer will this happen to your people? And uh, Lord's reply in chapter one of Habakkuk, verse five, it's probably one of the most powerful verses in my life, in my ministry, because there's so many things that I've seen that I've cried out to God. It's like, this vision that you've given to me, the calling that you've put on my life mm. seems too big. Yes. Um, but he said, look among the nations and watch, be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days, which you would not believe, though it were told to you. For indeed, I am right, raising up the Chaldeans. And so then he goes on to tell Habakkuk the plan, right? And, and then if you keep on reading in your Bibles in chapter 2, God says to Habakkuk to write out the vision, make it plain, so that they can run with it, you mm-hmm. know, make it simple, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and as we know, also the Bible says, without a vision, the people perish, yes. right? And so even in the midst of things that are going on, maybe God has told uh, you, our listeners, or shared with you, and you think that it's like, it's so big, it's so massive that it can't be done, or you've been asking for it, you know, Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5 has always been a very reassuring verse and comforting verse to me because it says, you know, I will work. This is God saying this to the prophet. I will work a work in your days, which you would not believe, though it were told to you. Mm. And so how many of us doubt Mm -hmm. these things, right? Mm -hmm. And say, is it my flesh? Is it of God? And, you know, if you look at the book of James and it says that if anyone needs wisdom to ask for it and, and God will freely give it to you, but... 
he who asks for wisdom, let him ask not in doubt, but in faith. Mm -hmm. Because a man who doubts is like a man who is tossed to and fro in the sea. How should he receive anything from the Lord? But I think that's one of the tactics that the enemy brings in is doubt. Yes. And, And it's like... You know, just hearing this vision that God has given to you is like, for me, it's still like, wow, how's that going to happen? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, that's massive. Uh, But then I'm quickly, again, reminded of his word when it says that I will, uh, even though I I will work this work in your days, even though you wouldn't believe it, even though I told you. Yes. So I just want to definitely encourage you, uh, Peter, and also those who are listening, you know, to continue to uh, move uh, in faith, and, and God will give you what you need. Uh, and then as you were also sharing, you know, Acts 5 comes to mind, where the disciples were in Jerusalem sharing the word of God. And Gamaliel, uh, who was a Pharisee of Pharisees, right? He, he's actually taught and raised up the apostle Paul, Saul at the time. He was a very wise man in the law. And the, the council was saying, these guys, we've got to take them out, right? We mm-hmm. got to stop what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what they're what they're doing is not good, and so uh, he says in Acts chapter five thirty eight, it says, "So if the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone, for if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail." Mm. He says, "But if it's from God." You will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God, right? So the council took his advice. Mm. So I think that that's where we can always rest in, right? Yes. Is if it's of God, yes, it's going to happen. Yes. If it's not of God, yes, it won't happen. Exactly. And so, uh, as you were just sharing, that's what was coming into my mind is because those are the things that. Uh, people can get caught up in is is how is this going to work out? What's yes. what's what's it going to? How is the money going to come in? What's going to you know? At the end of the day, God asks for our faith. Yes, you know we're we're not moved by our works. We're moved as a heart for Him through our faith. Yes, it's the only way that we can please God. Yes, you know. And so, anyways, I mean, just just think for a moment if. I mean, the average American works, and a lot of Americans have double income. Wife works too. Mm-hmm. Imagine the Lord comes to you and says, "Stop! What are you? Are you crazy? Like, stop! Like, he told me, shut down your company." Yeah. What do you mean, shut down? Like, I got bills coming. Night. We all have bills. I, you know, I was living in an apartment in Chandler on the ranch, and how do you walk that? How do you walk that out? How do you, it's in faith. I was like, "What am I going to do?" But he had a plan because because he shut me down. I was. Going to church every day, where I met the woman and the family who who purchased the yeah. land, you know, like it, partner with yeah, I had it had to work that way. Yeah. And for anyone listening, I want to just encourage you in this in the aspect. You, you know, you can hear me talking. You don't know me, obviously, and and I have this amazing story. I want everyone to know that before I I, I was uh, baptized, I gave myself to the Lord in June 9th of twenty nineteen. Before that, for the past twenty five years of my life, I was a drug dealer. I was a drug dealer, a thug, and a gangster. So anybody listening, you're not too far gone. I don't care where you're at right now, because I can tell you where I was at mm-hmm. in darkness. And we can start comparing stories, but we can rather compare the glory that God has yeah. for you going forward so he can use anybody. Amen. It's just simply crying out to the name of Jesus Christ and putting your faith and trust into what he has done on the cross versus mm-hmm. what you ha- can do. Yes. Because apart from Christ, we're all dead, you yes. know? 
And so, Peter, we've heard a lot about, a lot in a short amount of time mm-hmm. of, uh, of a guy who had a past life that is, you know, in itself probably three or four episodes, right? <laughs> but, yeah. but in a sense now seeing how you surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and being filled with the Spirit of God and, and moving in the direction of obedience and how the Holy Spirit's leading you. Uh, and we've heard your vision on uh, what the Lord has shared with you, uh, a big vision, a mighty vision. Yes. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a God vision. It has to be unless, you know, it's not going to work. But we believe that it's a God vision, right? Yes. And so uh, recently, and we're going to have to explore this uh, next time we meet, if you, if you wouldn't mind coming back for another absolutely, episode. Absolutely. You know, you recently took another huge step of faith because you've only been in the land since October, like you said, right? Yes. Uh, you had a Christian concert. <laughs> yes. And, yes. And there was some opposition here and there, but overall, God came through once again. And so that's what we're going to focus on the next episode uh, of The Gate. And so, uh, Peter, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. We're we're going to be excited to hear uh, your testimony about the concert and then ways that people in the area can uh, get involved with. Like you said, if if it's maybe even coming out and digging holes for trees or whatever, however. We definitely want to get to know the community. That's what the Lord has put on our heart. He said that, the community extends beyond that land mm-hmm. into our neighbors. And he said the neighboring, the Native American community, he's really he's really pushed on that. We can talk about that next time, but he's yeah. really pushing on me about the Native American community. And uh, we'll talk about that on the, on the next one. Okay, sounds great. Well, uh, er- thanks everyone for taking uh, the time to listen to this episode of The Gate. The Gate is a show that focuses on the events, the happenings, the people, and the places within our local community here in Central Arizona. Till next time, God bless you. And uh, we hope you are well. Thank you for listening to The Gate with Pastor Eric Kluth. If you have a story, event, or issue about our local community that you would like to bring to The Gate, contact KVNG 91.1 FM at 520-426-7911.